Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Ontario's Auditor General, Abani Lissick, is uh, releasing her report about her investigation and her staff's investigation into uh, the Doug Ford, uh, well, flip-flop policy to open up big sections of the Greenbelt uh, for, well, people that seem to be very strong financial supporters of the Premier. Joining us to talk about uh, what's going on and what's in the report, Sabrina Nanji, who is the publisher of Queen's Park Observer. Sabrina, a busy day today. Thanks for st- spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, never never a dull moment at Queen's Park, Bill. <laughs> well, this is much anticipated, of course. Uh, you know, the Integrity Commissioner is, is investigating this, but uh, Bonnie Lissick has, as, as you've talked to us about in previous conversations, as the AG, uh, has access to to files that maybe the integrity commissioner can't get. In other words, it could be a more thorough investigation. Uh, I just caught a few seconds of this right now uh, about what's going on, and I'm just reading the overview. And uh, it's uh, it's a pretty damning report from what I can see. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this was something that the Ford government has been bracing for. Uh, you know, typically, typically part of the process is that the government will get you know a, a sneak peek at this report, and you know the leaks were just coming left, right, and center uh, to us reporters about how bad this could be. And uh, you know, I, unfortunately for for the PCs, it, it it came true. It came to pass. You know, the Auditor General Bonnie Lissick. Uh, She's ending her tenure term next month, September 3rd, and this is one of her last reports. And it is, you know, the closest thing to a smoking gun that we have now on, you know, what happened with the Greenbelt land swap. I mean, just to recap quickly, as we know, the Ford government had uh, swapped out, you know, 7,000 acres for 9,000 acres. And now uh, there's very lucrative land up for grabs uh, for developers with PC connections. And so what happened was the opposition critics said, you know, this smells fishy. We're asking the Auditor General to look into it. They teamed up. She did her investigation. And what she has shown, I mean, is pretty much the closest thing to a direct link that we can get that shows the Premier's office, the Housing Minister, um, and the Housing Minister's Chief of Staff sort of sort of drove this project. And developers who benefited from the deal had direct say in a lot of the lands um, that are, are now, you know, uh, you know, previously protected lands that are now up for development. And they stand... Uh, you know, uh, see the value rise at over $8 billion as a result of this. And, and the, one of the opening statements that, uh, that Ms. Lissick made, I think that really kind of encapsulates this whole idea here, uh, is that uh, right from the get-go, the, the Ford government did not follow protocol. In other words, what should have been done, there's a process supposed to be in place here, you know, about land assessment, about environmental assessments, about what this would do, uh, and, and have non-government people. Uh, do those evaluations and come back to the government with a report and said, here's what we found, here's what we recommend. They didn't do any of that, apparently. They just had a bunch of his political people uh, do the, whether or not they did an evaluation, but they just ran, they, they ran the process. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the Auditor General's words were preferential treatment, which is, you know, damning for this government, uh, especially, you know, the Premier Doug Ford and his housing minister, Steve Clark, will be up to speak to reporters and address this uh, a little later this afternoon. But they have said throughout that there was no wrongdoing. Developers weren't tipped off that they were this was about to happen. You know, the premier said that this was the decision of uh, bureaucrats. And while there were, you know, a select few bureaucrats that were tasked with this, the orders came from political staff. It was in the housing minister's mandate letter, which, you know, the Ford government has been keeping under wraps. But it's something, you know, 
opening up the green belt was a direct order, marching order to Steve Clark from the premier's office. And we know that, you know, the Ford government has promised, even though they were kind of caught, you know, backtracking on it a little bit, but they promised to protect the green belt and not open it up for development. And so pretty much right after they won re-election, the order was, we're going to open this up and, and do some land swaps. And, you know, they, they even, you mentioned process. Uh, I think one of the most shocking things that stood out to me was the fact that this small team uh, who was put in charge under the direction of the housing minister's chief of staff to, you know, be in charge of this project and decide what land would be opened up for development. You know, some of the criteria was even changed midway through the process um, which they clearly wanted to keep secretive. I mean, at one point, these bureaucrats said, you know, we can't really, uh, uh, you know, go forward with this and make our recommendations without contacting the municipalities that are affected by this. And the Ford government did not want to do that. And so they changed the criteria in order to be able to include these include these pieces of land. And so I think that's one of the most damning things. Um, while, and you know, this is not the only report that we're going to to be getting. Don't forget the ethics commissioner and even the OPP, um, you know, while they're, they haven't launched anything formal yet, but they've been sniffing around on this as well. And so I think that this is maybe only the beginning of, of some things that are going to be uncovered with the green belt. Well, and, and I guess what uh, Bonnie Lissick is doing here is, is adding some context to some of the statements uh, that the premier and, and minister uh, Clark have made in the past uh, that, that uh, was staff driven. No, it wasn't, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, it came from the ministry. Well, no, because as you said, the person who was going to be the lead on this uh, was Steve Clark's uh, uh, chief of staff, who was appointed by Doug Ford's office. Uh, this basically said, you're going over there to, to, to the housing ministry and you're going to run the show. Uh, and after that, you know, they got the ball rolling on that. I'm just, you know, paraphrasing uh, what's in the report here. Uh, they did appoint some some citizen members, some, some non-political people to it. Uh, but clearly, the, the, they were all working under the guise and under the, 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 as you say, the protocol that was set out by the Ford office, by the premier's office themselves. It, it, I guess the long story short here is uh, they knew what the result was going to be before they even started the work on this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, certainly this is poking holes in the defense that we've heard so far from the premier. Um, we kind of saw that. Uh, I guess maybe one conclusion we could draw is that they saw, you know, how damning this report was going to be for them because, you know, yesterday afternoon on the eve of this report coming out, they put out this flashy advertising type clip on social media, basically repeating the line that they have been repeating in when it comes to justifying why they opened up the green belt. And that's in order to build homes. And they're doing this in the name of housing. And something that we knew that the Auditor General has underscored in her report today is the fact that these lands did not need to be opened up in order to meet the Ford government's housing targets. I mean, those were kind of already laid out. Municipalities already had their target numbers to hit that $1.5 million uh, million homes, excuse me, target, um, you know, a month before the announcement became public that the Greenbelt was going to be opened up. And so there's a lot of, you know, I think while this has shed a lot of light on the process and, and, you know, how these decisions were made, I think it's also raising a lot more questions. Um, and I'm looking forward to what the premier and the housing minister have to say to justify this. Well, with what you've seen so far, uh, and, and, and Ms. Lizick is taking questions right now, so I guess she's finished the, the body of, a, of her report. I mean, it's, it's rather lengthy, uh, but you've had a chance to look at it and you've heard what the, the, the AG had to say here. 
is this worthwhile? Does this indicate that maybe further investigation is required? I mean, because, you know, it's 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 one thing to say, okay, you have influence over that or a government is showing favoritism. That's happened before, uh, so we shouldn't be surprised about that. But if money is involved and people profited from that, uh, there's a question of illegality here, isn't there? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, there uh, there hasn't, I guess, been any smoking gun in, in terms of, you know, whether a, a bag of money was handed to somebody. But I think one thing, uh, I mean, if something like that had happened or even allegedly happened, I think the OPP would have swooped in by now. Um, but certainly one thing that sort of speaks to how secretive um, and how much influence developers had over this process is the fact that much of the most of the land that was opened up for development um, is related to just three developers. And two of those developers handed the information personally to to the housing minister's chief of staff, Ryan Amato, at an industry event. And obviously, you know, that's something that is not transparent at all. We don't really know what exactly was in there. But obviously, as you said, you know, the Auditor General was able to get that information. And I think that, you know, certainly this raises a lot more questions about, you know, what was going on. And, and it clearly shows that developers had a direct influence over this entire process. Uh as you say, a pre-design process, as it seems to be turning out here right now, uh, about exactly how this thing was run. Uh, and she made a point of fact about you know, the the quote-unquote consultation process uh, never took place. The municipalities were not uh, d- informed about any of this process. They didn't even know what was going on. Uh, indigenous groups, environmental groups, nobody was at the table except members of the Ford staff, uh, which kind of tells me that this was a closed shop. Yeah, you're right. And I think that, you know, it's it's sort of a question with this report of where where to lay the blame or, you know, who's responsible for this, like what happens now. I think certainly there are going to be questions over the housing minister's chief of staff if he should be fired or not. Um you know, uh, the auditor general, as she's speaking now, has said that she has spoken about uh, her findings with the OPP. Um, you know, they are still looking into it. No formal investigation has been launched yet. Um, but certainly, you know, the the buck stops with the premier and the housing minister. And so I do think it's possible that Steve Clark, the minister in charge of this portfolio, gets some time in the penalty box. But, you know, behind closed doors, Doug Ford has kind of been rallying his team, saying we need to stand behind the minister. We need to put up a united front. So I think they're going to kind of be a, a bit more defensive on this. Like I said, you know, this is not the in- only investigation ongoing. Um, but certainly this raises a lot of questions about, you know, some of these dealings. I mean, don't forget about that stag and doe party where developers attended. I mean, what happened, like what happened there? And I think that, um, you know, we are, are, there's a lot to say about the rules that we have about lobbying in Ontario, I feel that they're pretty lax compared to other levels of government and other jurisdictions. But I mean, I think that this, you know, could raise a broader conversation about whether or not we need to tighten up the rules. Although that's kind of a long shot, because as we know, governments in charge don't necessarily like to um, change rules uh, that that potentially might raise questions about cash for access, just because it would sort of look like they might be accepting some blame or accepting some wrongdoing, which of course, the Ford government is not going to want to do in this situation. 
It actually even goes back before he was premier, wasn't it? When, you know, that now famous uh, tape that was released of him talking to a bunch of developers saying, yeah, we're going to open up the green belt. And of course, he, you, you backtracked on that at that time. But it seems as if that seemed to be front and center for, for Doug Ford right from the beginning. But I want to ask you, on your perspective, though, I mean, you've been covering Queen's Park for quite some time, Sabrina. You know the ins and outs and, uh, you, you know, you know where some of the skeletons are buried, too. Uh and and they, I know even Bonnie Lissick made a point about you know these main three developers who actually did they did the dirty work they're the ones that tried to go to court to block this whole investigation, uh, but this ultimately as you mentioned a minute ago the buck stops with the premier doesn't it I mean developers are always going to be lobbying government so conservative liberal doesn't matter what uh, to try to get what they want that's that's part of the process that's what you know they they have people in in Queens Park and in Ottawa etc lobbying all the time. But it's up to the government and up to the premier or the prime minister, whatever the case might be, to say yes or no. Yeah, let's have that discussion or no, you can't do that. So, uh, you know, the, we can look at the developers and, and you know, you can judge them uh, accordingly. But ultimately, this is a premier's decision. And I think that was one of the takeaways from what Bonnie Lissick said here is this started from, was driven by and was orchestrated by the premier's office themselves. Yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, this was in Clark's mandate letter. Uh, his chief of staff was given this ta- like was put in charge of this task directly from the, the premier's office. And so, um, I, I mean, obviously, while this chief of staff sort of had the power to do, you know, a lot of this greenbelt carving up, um, certainly the buck stops with the premier, and it's absolutely become a major credibility issue for him, and even raises the question of like who's in charge right now um, in his office, like who's in charge at Queens Park. And so I think, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think that it would do well for the premier and his minister to shoulder some of this responsibility, to take responsibility for this, um, because I do think this is going to raise a lot more questions. The opposition parties are going to capitalize on it, but is it enough to actually knock Ford off his pedestal? Because he seems to be the, the Teflon premier. I mean, there has been a lot of controversy over the past year since he was elected with his second majority mandate, and that really, really hasn't seemed to hit him hard in the polls. And while this Greenbelt saga has been very complicated, um, I think that it's having someone like the Auditor General, who's nonpartisan, who's an independent officer of the legislature, who has access to some some of these things that, you know, opposition critics or journalists might not have. Um, I think that, you know, this should really make the, the public sit up and question, you know, I mean, who who's in charge and, you know, who's getting helped by this government? Because certainly this, this has raised a lot of questions about who's benefiting. And um, as you said, you know, a non-elected chief of staff having so much power here might might seemingly you know give the powers that be some plausible deniability but in this case you know they they ought to have known what what was going on well i look forward to your reporting on this and uh, and uh, now the political machinations begin with the you know the, the the premier and his response and everything else so this is this is not the end of this this is uh, just another chapter i guess sabrina as always great to get your insight into this thanks so much for this today thanks for having me Take care. Sabrina Nanji, publisher of Queen's Park Observer. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.